Good afternoon, and welcome to worship on this beautiful fall day. I can say that now because summer is past, okay? I mean, when you have nice cool mornings and you have cool evenings, you say, it's fall, right? And when the leaves start coming down, you know it's fall. So welcome to worship. And we want to say a word of welcome to those who are joining us live stream uh, via YouTube or Facebook. It's nice to have you join us in worship. We worship here at 5.30 p.m. on Saturdays and at 9.30 a.m. on Sundays. And we say to you who do not have a home church and you're looking for a church to call your home, we would like for you to make Messiah your home. So welcome. In welcoming you today, I want to say, let me say first up before I forget, uh, to Bob and Mary, I missed you last week, but I wasn't here either. So <laughs> I saw the look on your face. I thought I'd just have a little bit of fun with you. <laughs> I want to say to you, um, we want to recognize your contribution year after year to the blood drive. It's a great gift that you offer of life to those who might need blood and your commitment to doing so is acknowledged today in that honor with which Rex mentioned to me, and Rex is the one behind all of this, mentioned to me that you have been giving for a while now, and we want to acknowledge that gift of yours. So thank you. Thank you for giving blood. And I want to say to today that in our, in our, in our prayers, we're going to be praying for, uh, we're praying for Terence White and Heidi Hartman for Susan and Joel and Darren and Kurt and Christina and Judy. We're praying for these individuals by name with their specific concerns that we know of, asking God to show mercy and healing on these individuals. Tomorrow, when we gather for worship, we're going to be receiving several new members into our congregation. Uh, and so, if you want to know who they are, you got to tune in tomorrow or come back. Um, there are about seven or eight uh, individuals that we're going to receive tomorrow. Holly is one of them, and she's here tonight. She's, gonna, she's our lecturer, and, and she's going to be back tomorrow to be received into membership. So um, I just want to bring that to your attention. For when we gather tomorrow, we'll gather to celebrate receiving them into membership. As we go to worship tonight, last Sunday we had, or last Saturday we had Pastor Linda lead worship in my absence. And I want to say a word of thanks to Pastor Linda for doing so. I was gone to Marshfield for a Boy Scout outing. My son was being received into the, into the tribe, and so uh, I needed to be there to take him 
and to witness the ceremony and then to bring him home. So I got home late Saturday night, about midnight, uh, knowing that I had worship on Sunday. So I was here on Sunday, but I wasn't here on Saturday. So thank you to Pastor Linda for filling in during my absence. As we go to worship, we hear the psalmist say to us, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. Stand with me as you're able and let us confess our sins. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and one another. Say with me, faithful God, have mercy on us. We confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We turn from loving your loving embrace and go our own ways. We pass judgment on one another before examining ourselves. We place our own needs before those of our neighbors. We keep your gift of salvation to ourselves. Make us humble, cast away our transgressions, and turn us again to life in you through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God hears the cries of all who call out in need. And through the death and resurrection of Christ has made us children of God. God proclaims, your sins are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. Led by the Spirit, live in freedom and newness to do God's work in the world. Amen. And with words of St. Paul, I say to you, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. God of love, giver of life, you know our frailties and our failings. Give us your grace to overcome them. Keep us from those things that harm us and guide us in the way of salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
A reading from Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Know that all lives are mine. The life of the parent as well of the as the life of the child is mine. It is only the person who sins that shall die. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is unfair. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? When the righteous turn away from their, uh, their righteousness and commit iniquity, they shall die for it. For the iniquity that they have committed, they shall die. Again, when the wicked turn away from the wickedness they have committed and do what is lawful and right, they shall save their life. Because they considered and turned away from all the transgressions that they had committed, they shall surely live, they shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is unfair. O house of Israel, are my ways unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? Therefore, therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, all of you according to your ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, otherwise iniquity will be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed against me, and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says the Lord God. Turn then and live. The word of the Lord. A reading from Philippians. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The word of the Lord.
the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus entered the, tem the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven? Or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of your human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regarded John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not go. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the other son, the second son, and said to him, said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. I see uh, Rosalind in the congregation, so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the children's message, uh, Morgan, if we're able to get it up there. So in the children's message, we have the question to ponder, and the question is, Rosalind, you can see that? It says, what we do at worship. So at worship, we speak and listen, right? We sing and pray, we share and eat, we sit, stand and kneel. Those are things we do at worship. And we have fellowship with God and God's people. Those are things we do at worship. But worship also has challenges for us. So in the next slide, it says, distractions. What gets in the way of worship. And here are some of the things that, that get in the way. Somebody sings off-key, we pay attention, right? Members do not say amen or amen after they receive the bread and wine. It distracts us, right? We're wondering to ourselves, are they really Christians or... Are they Lutherans or do they know what they're receiving? 
or are they just impolite? The phone is a distraction. Clothing can be a distraction, right? Talking can be a distraction. And of course, mistakes, right? I just made some mistakes in reading the gospel. That can be a distraction, right? Judging, 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 judging. Well, judging is not always a good thing. At least not when we're at worship, okay? So, here's what. Remember that worship is about what? Praising God, right? Not judging people. God chooses to love and forgive us, not judge us. Notice, when worship begins, after we are called to worship, we hear confession and God's forgiveness, for God's, and God's forgiveness, absolution, right? And we open, in worship, we open our hearts that God might fill us with love and forgiveness. Okay, so when we come to worship, that's what we do. So let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for Jesus Christ, who is an example of your love and forgiveness. Help us to be like him in word and deed. Amen. Sanctify us in your truth, O Lord, for your word is truth. Amen. Today I have entitled our message, What Do You Think? What do you think? Did you hear those words in the readings today? They certainly show up. What do you think? Jesus is the one asking the question to the Pharisees who came to him and asked him by what authority. And Jesus, in his teaching, he begins his teaching with the words, what do you think? Did you know that being homebound and isolated for long periods contorts the body? weakens the heart and lungs, and even impairs brain function. What do you think about the Benadryl, Benadryl challenge on social media platform TikTok? Did you know there's a Benadryl challenge on social media? Yes, there is. Go look it up when you, after worship. What do you think about that, the Benadryl, the Benadryl challenge? where kids are encouraged to drink a lot of Benadryl. What do you think about COVID-19's impact on different generations? In May, the medium age of confirmed cases was 46. By July, that number had dropped to 37. And by August 1, the 1st of August, one out of every five confirmed coronavirus cases is a person in their 20s. 
So what do you think? What do you think is behind this change? What do you think about mail-in ballots? What do you think about a fast-track Supreme Court confirmation? What do you think will happen after November the 3rd? These are questions we have. These are questions we should have. These are conversations we should have. And these are things we should ponder and pray about. As we have observed for the past few weeks, Jesus once again calls attention to relationship. This time between a father and two sons. And he prefaces his teaching with the question, what do you think? What do you think about the relationship between the father and his two sons? With whom in the parable would you readily identify? Jesus draws us in. We are not spectators, but we are active participants by the very question being asked, what do you think? If you identify with the son, that is the second son, then you must know that it is easy to say yes. What makes, what make promises, we make rather promises all the time. My sons ask me, I have two. And they'll say to me, would you take us riding? And I will say to them, yes, but first I have to finish up a few things. And those things go on and on that they come back and say to me, uh, you did promise that you're going to take us riding. And it's an hour later and you still haven't kept that promise. And I say to them, give me a few minutes. And the few minutes get stretched and stretched and stretched until they forget about writing. I forget about my promise and life goes on. Actually, my yes was a no because I did not make good on my promise. If you identify with the first son, then you must also know that it is easy to say no. Saying yes and or no are empty words when we simply want to be left alone. In fact, that is how the sons came across initially. Both are found wanting. They represent the religious leaders 
who opposed Jesus. And they also represent our attitude to God. We know what is right, but we still do what is wrong. It is one thing to know God's will. It is another thing to do God's will. And so Jesus calls attention to the disconnect between lips and our hearts. The disconnect between our lips and our hearts. Jesus exposes our insincerity because actions speak louder than words. But we also hear Jesus saying that it is not only about the insincerity of the sons, it is also about God's grace. When our focus is on Jesus Christ, we hear his yes to God's will. He shows us God's love and he says yes to sinners like you and me by calling us to turn back, turn back from our evil ways. It must have been difficult for the religious leaders to acknowledge that fishermen, Samaritans, beggars, demoniacs, a hemorrhaging woman, tax collectors, an adulterous woman, the lame, a Syrophoenician woman, Roman officials, and lepers were receptive to Jesus' teaching, were repentant and submitted to the will of God and became inheritors of the kingdom of God. But that is precisely Jesus' message not just to them, but to us as well. So what do you think? Jesus tells us that God loves all people regardless of how they look or are defined by others. God loves us regardless of, regardless of how we see ourselves. God shows favor to those who are marginalized, demonized, and oppressed. What do you think? Well, you might be feeling unworthy because your yes has been really a no to God. People might make you feel unworthy because you, you look like a no to God. People act a certain way when they see you because they don't think that you are worthy. But you should know that you are worthy to God on account of Jesus' sacrifice. He forgives you and he reconciles you to God. Since we then are forgiven people, all of us, without exception, our good deeds are in response to God's grace. God doesn't look on us as being good because of the good deeds we do. God looks on us as being good because of Jesus Christ. 
Good deeds do not make us worthy. Good deeds only identify us as Christians and witnesses to the reconciling love of God in Christ Jesus. So, we are worthy to God not because of what we do. I used to have that struggle in our family because you know it's 11 of us in our family, right? There's always conversation in the home about who is the favorite child, who is loved more than others. I'm sure it was the same for you if you were not the only child. You didn't have that problem. <laughs> but if you were two or three or four or five or like my family, 11, there was always that concern. Who's the favorite child? Who's loved more? And it seems to me that it was always on the basis of what you did. Right? Now I'm going to tell you a secret. My siblings believe, if you were to ask them, they believe that I'm the favorite child. I don't know how they came up with it. Because if you were to ask them to speak truthfully, they'll tell you that I was the worst of the kids. The most mischievous, got into the most problems. But for whatever reason, they think and believe that I am the favorite child. Well, I don't dispute it. I just let them think that way. I think that we're all favored. Parents love us all. God, if not our parents, God loves us all. Not on account of what we do, but rather on account of God's grace through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because it is he who makes us worthy. He is the one who makes us worthy in a culture that makes little of who we are and takes us for granted. So what do you think is happening in the country today? So much has happened since the beginning of the year. The pandemic has disrupted life, taken too many lives, and left so many with long-term health conditions. Many have lost jobs, and several small businesses have closed and will not reopen. The most vulnerable in nursing homes and care centers have been isolated. No sooner they release them from, from, from uh, isolation, they, get, they go back into isolation because somebody else is exposed. It sure feels like we are exiled in our own country, doesn't it? It is understandable why people want things to return to normal. But change is all around, even the church is not exempted from change. Notice how we spread out. We would love to be intimate, but we're spread out. And notice that we are hiding our beautiful smiles. Now I have to look at your eyes to see that you're smiling. We have changed. And the desire for normalcy is also a statement about powerlessness. We feel powerless in this day and age. 
in the midst of all that has happened and is happening, we are encouraged not to lose hope, but to find power through self-emptying. To find power through self-emptying. Listen to what St. Paul says. He says that we must imitate Jesus Christ. And here's how he says it. We are to imitate Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself. Emptied himself. Now, I must make the distinction. The emptying of self is not what we see on Facebook or in social media. That's not emptying the self. Because that's not humility. Hmm? He says we must empty ourselves. Though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. That word humility is not in our culture these days, even with face masks. People are not humble. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Philippians 2, as was read as our second lesson today. That's the kind of change that God is working within us today. In this year that is called 2020, 2020. God wants this kind of change in us. As the scriptures declare, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. James chapter 4 and verse 6. And also Jesus says these words, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Therefore, as James chapter 4 and verse 10 says, Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. And he shall raise you up higher and higher. And he shall raise you up. So humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will raise you up to seek the lonely, to help the poor and the homeless, to care for the sick, to support the oppressed, and to comfort the bereaved. We think that God is with us. And we know that to be true because the promise of Jesus Christ has been fulfilled through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we do not lose heart. In this day and age when things are not going our way, we do not lose heart. We hold on to that which we have 
Jesus Christ, our Lord. Humbling ourselves that he might indeed lift us up. Amen. In trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Stand with me as you're able. It's at this time that we, it's customary for us to share the peace with each other 
I figure that even though we're not moving around, I gotta get you to stand up to help with circulation, and <laughs> as well as to get your symbol for sharing the peace with each other, okay? So my symbol is this, the peace of the Lord be with you all. Share the peace with each other. Lord's peace be with you. Drawn together in the compassion of God, we pray for the church, the world, and all those in need. In all the world, give our church unity. Inspire all the baptized with the mind of Christ, where the church is powerful and where it struggles. Shape us with humility and obedience so that your love may be at work in each of us. Lord, in your mercy, your son took on all of bodily life in our world, even to death. Preserve and keep your creation, O God. Mend and redeem places that are polluted and damaged so that all of creation confesses you as Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Turn the nations toward life. Where our ways are unfair, Give us new hearts and new spirits. Where sin permeates our cultures and institutions, change our minds and teach us to trust you as the authority. Lord, in your mercy. Our lives are yours, O oh God. Relieve the suffering of those who are ill in body, mind, or spirit. Defend the lives and welfare of children who are abused or neglected, hungry or exploited, bullied or lonely. Lord, in your mercy. Turn this congregation away from our own interest toward the interest of others. Fill us with your compassion and sympathy. Bless ministries of care in our community especially in care of Terence, Heidi, Susan, Joel, Darren, Kurt, Christina, and Judy. Make us into signs of your mercy and justice for our neighbors. Lord, in your mercy. Thank you for those who have gone into the kingdom ahead of us, tax collectors and prostitutes, likely and unlikely, obedient, and slow to learn. By their witness, teach us to confess Jesus Christ as Lord in life and in death. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you see that we need, we entrust to your mercy through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated.
At this time, it's customary for us to receive the offering. And what we've done in these days of COVID-19 is to place the offering plates to the back of the sanctuary that upon entering, you may place your offering therein or as you're released, you may do likewise. But I want to acknowledge too, as I've been doing so over these months, that our offering is not just the financial gifts that we bring. Our very presence is an offering to God. The time that we dedicate to worship God is an offering. Like that is also the gifts that we bring. And each of us has unique gifts. You know your gifts better than I do. And we thank God for the gifts that you bring. Gifts that are used in this church to honor God in ministry. Today, I want to just point out a few, that, like Vicky being our assisting minister and Sierra being our cantor in these days when we can't sing as a congregation. Marilyn that uh, sits at the organ, and now she's been sitting there for 30 plus years, okay? And her gift is well received by us. Morgan, as he helps you to hear me and I to hear you, and also transmit what we do here to those who can't be with us and those who are joining us by search on the internet. We thank also God for the gifts of our safety shepherds who, without whose help we couldn't gather. These are all offerings that we bring. And, I, and, and Holly, who was our lector in presenting the word to us today. And also the gift that I really also want to lift up, I always want to do that because I think the focal point of worship is always the chancel, this area. And the people who uh, comprise the altar guild bring beautiful gifts to us in making this space presentable, that it inspires us to worship. The floral arrangements that also reflect the readings that were presented today. We give thanks. We give thanks because God in God's goodness has given us what we could not give ourselves, the life of Jesus Christ. And that very life is what we respond to. We respond to that life with gratitude. And so today, I, as yet again, we come to this table, knowing that at this table, we are changed. We are nurtured and fed and sent with newness of life. And so I say to you, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, to give thanks to you at all times. For on the night in which you were betrayed, you took bread. 
And when you had given thanks, you broke it and gave it to your disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, do it for the remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. welcome all to worship, make, make disciples, disciples, hunger for ministry, nurture youth, gather resources for growing ministries, offer healing and care to all in need. And now receive the blessing. May God bless you with the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Comfort, keep, and send you to love the neighbor. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Remember the poor. In the name of Christ. Amen. Amen.